0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with the live Sunday through Thursday night, final show of the week. We have a game prediction. We will have betting the Cowboys, and boy, oh boy, I struggled to make this week's pick. I wasn't sure what to bet, but we found the one bet to make on this Cowboys Cardinals game. We'll talk all about it. We'll get into some offensive tackle news. We'll talk about three players to watch. And finally, we'll close out the show in blind recap fashion. You guys know what that's about. Our game pick. But as if we had already seen the end of the game. Anyways, thank you for joining the show. Thank you for choosing to listen to ADC Sports Dallas primetime. Make sure you check that like video. Uh Sorry, make sure you You hit that like button. Make sure you share the show. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about primetime. Let's get more people here. I see you guys in the chat. Welcome people on Facebook. Welcome people on YouTube. Last stream of 2021. Stevie Mac is actually right. I had not realized this at all. This is the final ADC Sports primetime show of 2021. The next time that we see each other, we will be in 2022, and hopefully we will be celebrating a Dallas Cowboys win over the Arizona Cardinals. So hit that like button one last time in 2021. Do it. Stephen White, what is up? Kenneth Fraser over at Facebook. Tommy in YouTube as well. Chuck at uh, Facebook. Barrel Killer saying we've got the Lion King and we've got the Eagle. And I don't know if you guys saw that uh, that clip on Twitter it went a little bit viral. Michael Parsons actually quote tweeted it in which you see Dan Queen carrying Michael Parsons as if he was Simba, the Lion King. And it was such a cool moment uh, as well. Charlene Evans, what is up over at YouTube? Thank you, people, for joining the show. I appreciate you. Let's start the show officially. Here we go. Final stream of 2021. Let's do this. Hello everyone and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way throughout the final two weeks of the season. And then the postseason, because as you guys know, the Cowboys are going to be in it as divisional champions because they clinched the NFC East last weekend. So make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for all of this content. I posted an article today. Two things the Dallas Cowboys defense could learn from, from Cardinals' losses. We talked about it a little bit here on Primetime. But if you want to go over it again, you can check it out on adcsports.com. Cole Patterson also took a look at why the odds for Micah Parsons to win defensive player of the year continue to rise. We had someone right on the Dallas Cowboys secondary and its depth. So make sure you check it out. Also, an interesting article about Kyle Murray's streak on the AT&T Stadium. And we've talked about this on the show a little bit. Crazy to me that Kyler Murray is 8-0 at AT AT&T Stadium. It is a crazy tidbit of trivia. He is something like 51-0 in the state of Texas. I'm not sure if that's the exact number. I don't see how it is relevant to this game in particular. So don't worry about it, but still... Such a cool number to take a look at. And I Something that is blows my mind every time that I uh, read it. What is up? What is up? Thank you for joining the show. Uh, Stevie Max saying the gang is finally fully back with Charlene here. What is up, Brian Doyle saying, hey, what's up, Mauricio? Much appreciate that you're doing a live show to close out the year. Of course we are. We need to have prime time. There are some interesting bowl games as well coming uh, tomorrow In the morning, in the evening, we have the playoff games. I'm taking Alabama and I'm taking Michigan. I I have the opposite in that bowl game. I have Michigan and the Wolverines bidding out Georgia. If you want to tell me what your prediction is, let me know in the chat. But I have Michigan winning the national championship. I might be proven wrong right off the bat. It is going to be a great defensive matchup, but it's it's a pretty cool way to close out the year. Having these bowl games and then having the Cowboys play the Cardinals on what feels essentially like a primetime game. Did you see that the NFL actually moved the games around in order to have the Cowboys Cardinals game kind of as a clear game of the week at the 325 slot? So that was that that really was telling us to how excited we all are, not only as Cowboys followers, but the entire NFL community, I feel, is excited about this one. Kyler Murray going up against Dak Prescott. Uh, We have Michigan will take it says Kenneth Fraser. Oklahoma Boomer sooners. It was so fun to watch Bob Stoops back in the sidelines, having fun with his Oklahoma team, and of course, beating the Oregon Ducks because I know that that final scoreboard looked close, but it didn't feel that way at all. Anyways, Thank you for joining the show. Let's get this started. Let's talk about offensive tackles because a lot is going on here. The Cowboys are expected to get Tyron Smith back at left tackle. He has not fully participated in practice. He was limited today. He was limited yesterday. But all, po- all signs are pointing towards number 77 being back in the lineup for the Dallas Cowboys. The opposite is happening for the Arizona Cardinals, and this is a big deal for this game. DJ Humphreys apparently was placed in the COVID-19 list today, so that means that the Cardinals will be without their starting left tackle just in the game that they were getting their center back because they're getting Rodney Hudson back. He's like the glue that sticks together that offensive line, but DJ Humphreys, definitely their best player in my opinion, across their starting five. And he's not going to be available for this one. And that's huge news for a defensive front that has Randy Gregory rushing off that side. You have Marcus Lawrence on the other side. Micah Parsons like this strategic chess piece that you can move around. You can rush him from the A-gaps. You can rush him from the outside. You can do a little bit of everything with Micah. And it's a huge hit for this Cardinals team. And this is where I believe it becomes an even bigger issue for Arizona and a bigger advantage for the Cowboys. Both of these teams like to blitz a lot. They're actually both in the top six in the NFL when it comes to blitz rate in the past few weeks. The Cowboys are going to have their starting line intact, basically. They're going to have Tyron Smith. They're going to have Zach Martin and, of course, Lyle Collins, And Tyler Vyadish and Connor Williams are doing a better job than expected. I actually think that among Cowboys Nation, this offensive line is quite underrated because it might not be the the unit that the Cowboys had in 2016 or in 2014, but this might be the best offensive line in the entire NFL, actually, or one of the best. Top three, easily. And I think that that is something that we have not discussed as much as we should in Cowboys Nation. That is something that I think I think. Let's call it that way. But yes, the Cowboys will have that starting five offensive linemen, one of the best quarterbacks burst the blitz in Dak Prescott. And on the other hand, you're going to have the Cardinals dealing with this change in their offensive line and now including the absence at left tackle. So that will be a huge issue for the Cardinals because the Cowboys have been very smart in their blitzing game. And we talked last night about how the Cowboys might take a page out of the Lions' game plan versus this team because the Lions showed a lot of zero looks, no safety in the backfield, trying to rush with five, six, even seven defenders, putting a lot of pressure on Kyler Murray. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of the most aggressive games from the Cowboys when it comes to blitz rate. There are some numbers that might suggest otherwise, But I think that without DeAndre Hopkins, that is something that the Cowboys will will want to exploit. Hopefully they do. I would be very excited about watching this team approach Kyler Murray with such a heavy blitz approach. Teddy says, hey, Maurice, you enjoyed the show? Thank you, Teddy, for being here. Also, what is up, Kim? Over at Facebook, we have Jacob saying Quentin Vohana out. I'm not sure if it is already official, but he has not practiced either day. So it looks like Quentin Vohana, the rookie, is not going to be playing for the Cowboys. Interesting that the Cowboys also will not have, of course, Justin Hamilton because he's not with the Cowboys anymore. He was signed and now he's off the Cowboys practice squad. Good for Justin Hamilton, though. Uh getting signed to a roster is always a, a good news for any young player. But Justin Hamilton was doing a good job for the Dallas Cowboys, and hopefully they're able to get him back in the team in 2022. This kind of happens always late in the year, right? Players being poached off practice squads as teams try to finish out the season, dealing with injuries, stuff like that. Kenneth Fraser says, I think that they're one of the best regarding the Cowboys offensive line. I agree with that. Beryl says, I like our line, both lines, and that is something new. In terms of the defensive line, I don't think that we have felt this good about a Cowboys front seven in a long time. Neville Gallimore. In the last few games, he has been such a huge part of that. Having that interior pressure workout for the Cowboys is something that we are not maybe used to seeing. When was we, that, that has always been a problem for the Cowboys, the defensive tackle position. Gallimore has been balling, and Carlos Watkins too. And, and, and Watkins is another player that I feel we don't talk a lot about. Maybe he's not a splashy player, but he, he gets his job done And I like Carlos Watkins a lot and definitely a player that I didn't expect to be as big of a contributor as he has been for the Cowboys this season. Anthony saying in in Facebook, we got the monsters up front and the lion in the defense. Of course, Kenneth Fraser saying since back in the early 2000s, for sure. Tommy says, we have to keep Murray in the pocket. He presents a lot of problems when he gets out of the pocket. Dallas has a big defensive line, and Kyle is like four feet tall, LOL. Keeping him in the pocket should be a priority. And that is so interesting. Murray can be a beast when he's running, when he's scrambling. He's electric, to be honest. And I, I was watching more Cardinals tape, tape uh, today, and we talked about speed being the main concern for the Cowboys this Sunday, And mainly, we're talking also about Kyler Murray's speed. If the Cardinals upset the Cowboys, and I'm saying, and I'm using the word upset because the Cowboys are actually six point favorites in this game. If the Cardinals pull off the upset, I have no doubt that it will be because of Kyler Murray and Kyler Murray only. That is 100% my take. Uh, I don't see any other playmakers maybe that are going to be able, and and not only playmakers, but also when you take a look at the way that they have game plan play games in Arizona, it is all hinging on Kyler Murray. Murray, go make a play. That is plan A. Plan B is the same. Plan C is also Kyler, go make a play. They have not, in my opinion, facilitated things for Kyler. And actually, I think that they've put a lot of stress in Murray. And forget about This is just me. This is my opinion. I know that some people will disagree. But forget about all those takes of Kyler's body language. I I really don't believe in that. And I think that when you take a look at, for example, Tom Brady games, when he's losing, people like to throw out this meme in which... Brady has his head tucked in, and people like to tweet out that image from the Super Bowl game versus the Falcons in which he pulled off that historic comeback. But also, there are a lot of games in which Tom Brady looks exactly like that, and he ends up losing. And no one is questioning his leadership because we shouldn't. TV broadcasts can show you exactly what they want to show you. And usually, they cut away to Murray staring to not think in the sidelines, and people make a lot out of it. I wouldn't. I think that Kyler Murray is a good leader, and I think that Kyler Murray is a legit threat in the NFL. So definitely, Murray can do a lot of stuff. I agree with your takes of him remaining in the pocket, but that doesn't necessarily mean don't blitz him, though. I am all in for the Cowboys blitzing Kyler Murray. It worked out for the Lions quite well. It put a lot of stress in their pass protections. I'm not entirely sure that they have fixed that over the last couple of weeks. So I'm looking forward to the Cowboys approach in the blitzing game. And I would assume that they're going to be aggressive. Might be wrong, of course. Dan Quinn has been very creative and he has been very strategic with all of this. But I kind of expect them to turn on the heat versus Kyler Murray. We'll see how it works. And without their left tackle, should be even more interesting. Uh... Did you hear Tom Brady got put on notice for his tantrum with the laptops as Kenneth Fraser? I did not hear about that when he smashed that that uh, tablet on the sidelines last weekend versus the Saints. This wasn't last weekend. This was versus the Saints when they were shut out. I didn't hear about that, but that is, that is actually quite funny. And I like Tom Brady a lot. Uh, I am one of those guys that defends Tom Brady. I do think he's the GOAT, but... But a lot of people will hate on Kyler Murray for his body language, and maybe people don't realize that we see very similar body language from Brady when he is losing, and from a lot of quarterbacks. Just the the the, the shots that they show on TV sometimes are taking are, are taken way out of context, right? Burl says, "Is Gallimore our fridge? Nobody could stop him at the goal line. Gallimore has been so impressive." Looking forward to watching him versus Rodney Hudson and Max Garcia in this case because they're a good duo. Max Garcia was struggling as the Cardinal center, but he's not a bad right guard, and I'm looking forward to watching that. Doc Woods' Carl's left tackle will be out. Yes, sir. He was placed in the COVID-19 list, and we don't have five days from here till Sunday, so he should be officially out. But yes, DJ Humphreys placed in the COVID-19 list. Brady is a cheater, Kenneth Richardson. I have my takes on all of that. Uh, we might, we might uh, you know, take a while if we get into it. But I have my takes on it. Hey, Modi, you listen to The Morning Show? Says Tommy915. A lot of the times I do, a lot of the times I don't because of school-related things or work, because at that time, and... and I am one hour behind central time. So it makes it a little bit tougher on me. But I usually catch the second half of the show. Lasay Williams says Cowboys, Kings of the East. Charlene says exactly. So anyways, let's go. Let's talk about three players to watch in this game. And I'm going to ask you as well in the chat. Who's your Cowboys player to watch in this game versus the Cardinals? I will start by... The one in the picture, Jaron Kears. Jaron Kears has been such a big part of this Cowboys defense. And I was trying to, you know, avoid saying Michael Parsons or saying Trevon Diggs because I know that that might be a mainstream answer. So I will say Jaron Kears because here's the thing. Jaron has been... So, so versatile for the, for the Cowboys. And we talked about Parsons' versatility. Maybe we don't pay a lot of attention to Kears in that specific aspect. But the guy is out there playing linebacker. The guy is playing nickel cornerback at times. He's playing man-to-man coverage versus tight ends. And that will be huge for the Cowboys if he ends up in that assignment versus Zach Ertz. We know Zach Ertz up close as Cowboys followers, right? We have been watching Ertz caused damage versus the Cowboys' defenses over the years. Now he gets another shot at it, and Jaron Kears, the way that he performs against him, will be a key factor in this game. But more than anything, we also maybe don't talk about the fact that after Michael Parsons, Jaron Kears is Dan Quinn's favorite blitzer. And that has been an overlooked part of his game, maybe. So definitely a game in which I would expect Kears to stand out and maybe put on a very impressive performance. I love the guys that are mentioning Dalton Schultz. For example, we have Dennis over here saying Schultz, and Randall as well saying Schultz. Here's what I like about this matchup versus Dalton. He has, he has been earning his paychecks, really has, and I actually am starting to believe that it will be quite difficult to, to keep him around in 2022. The way that he's playing this season and the way that he has been able to put up with it uh, throughout most of the year, he has been consistent. And that is the one question that I had. Can Dalton Schultz be consistent? He has exceeded my expectations in the blocking game. Really has. I expected Dalton to be good as a receiver. I had my doubts a blocker, but Dalton Schultz has been earning his game checks. Definitely. Here's the thing that I like about this matchup. The Arizona Cardinals are number three versus tight ends in terms of DVOA, in terms of efficiency. And it will be a big matchup for, for Chultz against players like Voodoo Baker, against players like Justin Simmons, among others. Really, really looking forward to Dalton Chultz's game. My number two player to watch will be CD Lamp because on a similar note, since we know that the Cardinals are pretty good defending tight ends. They're pretty good as well in terms of stats versus number one wide receivers, but they are bottom 12 against the rest of the receivers. So that means number twos, number threes. And I feel like CD Lamp will have a very interesting game too, because think about Byron Murphy. The Cardinals are banged up in the secondary, but their number one cornerback is Byron Murphy. He also wears number seven. Keep an eye out for him on Sunday. But the thing that I like about Murphy from a neutral point of view is that he plays outside and inside. He's very, they interchange him a lot. So he has, he has about 100 more snaps on the outside than he does on the inside or the other way around. I'm confusing these two, but he's over 300 and 400 in these two categories. So he moves around a lot and CD Lamb might get a lot of one-on-one matchups versus Byron Murphy if they're playing man coverage. CD Lamb, my number 2 player to watch in this game. He's still that guy even though he had those drops a few weeks ago. CD Lamb is still a pretty talented receiver and he and, and being Byron Murphy would go a long way for him in my opinion and for the public perception maybe for number 88. Uh Elio Varela says, just say what we're all thinking. Another dub for the boys. We'll get into the betting the Cowboys segment and the game pick as well. Joel Wilson says, hope the offense plays like last week because it's going to be a shootout. Tommy says, defensive line, I say, hope will be the key to this game. Ryan calling Schultz. Dalton Roadhouse Schultz. Love that nickname. Doc says controlling the middle of the field, the seams, big game for the free safeties. I agree with what Doc is saying, especially the Cowboys being a team that plays with a lot of single high coverages, right? That free safety key for this game. And it's looking like Malik Hooker could also be back. So I know that DeMonte has earned his critics, deservedly so, but Casey and and Malik Hooker will have big games too. Dallas Junk saying, my player to watch is Jordan Lewis. I still have nightmares of what Kirk did to us last year in the slot. Like that um, like that from Dallas Junk. And interesting because we'll see how they play Christian Kirk. They're playing him on the outside quite a bit since DeAndre Hopkins' injury. But I remember that, fully remember that game. I'm betting that the Cowboys fully remember it too. And hopefully they're using it as motivation. Paul says, Randy Gregory Even more so with DJ Humphreys out. Not gonna lie, when I prepped this show, I was not considering the fact that Humphreys was out, actually. But yeah, Paul is right on point here because Randy Gregory could have a big game for the Cowboys in this one. I think Lamb will step it up, says Kenneth. David says defense, go Cowboys. Finally, my number three player to watch is Tyron Smith. He's coming back from injury. We'll see if he gets more participation Uh, maybe on Friday if the Cowboys do something. We'll see how it goes. But here's the thing. He has been gone for a few weeks and he's headed against Chandler Jones. When he is played, make no mistake about it, Tyron Smith is still an elite left tackle. He was deservedly voted into the Pro Bowl. He is graded as one of the best tackles by PFF. And I think that is well-deserved. Tyron Smith is still that guy, even though he has been hurt. But he has a big challenge in Chandler Jones. I expect him to win the battle, but this game will tell us a lot about where Tyron Smith stands. Not only for the, re- the rest of the regular season, but also as we head into the playoffs. Hopefully we see a very healthy version of him. Hopefully the Cowboys actually were being cautious with him a little bit more than just waiting for him to be able to play at all. Maybe this was play, the, the plan for, for since day one, as Brian Broaddus told uh, Sky actually in his interview. Maybe he's healthier than we realize. One player to watch, definitely Tyron Smith. Never ending, it refreshed, LOL, but still too low, guys, says Tommy. 17 likes, Cecilio Varela in mind. Let's keep it going. Thank you to you, all of you guys. Make sure you hit the like button. Share the show. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about primetime. Which brings us, by the way, to my favorite segment. Not going to lie. This is one of my favorite segments of the show, including the whole week. This is betting the Cowboys. Betting the Cowboys. We're 9-6 for the season. For those of you who are new to primetime, we make one bet per week. And the rule here is that we're not going to actually be biased on this section at all and you guys know me I try to be as unbiased as possible I've never picked against the Cowboys though I I have picked against the Cowboys i picked against the Cowboys in the betting world in the Minnesota game because Dak Prescott was not going to play so the pick ended up being the Vikings lost it fortunately that the bet I mean then I bet the over for the Falcons the team total over for the Falcons and the Cowboys ended up shutting them out this was a tough one the over under difficult to touch because we really don't know what is up with the Cowboys offense or the Cardinals offense I know that the Cowboys blew up versus Washington but this is a better defense in Arizona in my opinion even though they're banked up we don't know what is up with Kyler Murray and company we know that they have not adjusted to the Andrew Hopkins absence But now that their left tackle is out, to me, that's the final. That was the determining factor. And I'm going to do it. I hate betting into trends. I tell you this weekly. But I think that the Cowboys, once again, are a little bit undervalued. If we're talking about a Cardinals team that has no left tackle, that has not a perfect offensive line apart from that left tackle, right side we didn't see Kyler Murray be you know able to deal with the Lions blitzes a couple of weeks ago I'm not sure that he will be able to handle the Cowboys pressure on this one so I'm taking the Cowboys once again minus six not an ideal bet in my opinion because I feel like we can get burnt on this one but the Cardinals offense really doesn't inspire me any confidence beyond the fact that Kyler Murray can do some crazy stuff here and there. We're taking the Cowboys, we're nine and six for the season. We have won three straight. In big part, thanks to the Cowboys that are covering. And you guys know the saying, great teams, good good teams win, great teams cover. And finally, blind recap for the game. We'll talk a little bit about one more game though, after this, because if you are a Cowboys fan, and you're thinking about the playoff seating. we need to talk also about that Sunday night football, but here we go. Blind recap. The Dallas Cowboys were able to bring pressure all day long versus the Cardinals. Kyler Murray was sacked three times, two of them by Micah Parsons. You know what that means. Micah actually broke the record, the rookie record from Javon Kears on Sunday versus the Cardinals, rushing from the inside, rushing from the outside as well. Jaron Kears Got an interception, matched up versus Zach Ertz. All of this on the way to the Cowboys' 12th win of the season. Cowboys 29, Cardinals 21. That's my pick. Cowboys 29, Cardinals 21. It's going to be a fun game. Drop your final prediction. By the way, I forgot to tell you. Drop your final score prediction for the Cowboys and the Cardinals game. Let me know in the chat, what do you think? Kenneth says, our offense definitely has to step up if you want to get that big W. Uh, <laughs> people are people are talking about my height in the chat. Damn, I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> nah, just kidding. You guys know I'm short man committee. Here in Mexico, we use the metric system. I'm not about to hate on the inches and in the feet system, though. But I mean the metric system is way better, guys. Catch up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I like this prediction, Mouth. Thank you to Nick. Shout out to Nick Wallace here in the chat. I like it as well. That's why it's uh, that's why it's my prediction, right? I'm being <laughs> Bro Killer says 30 to 17. Look at Melville says 31 to 17. Ron Ritz says Cowboys 29. Cardinal 16. Seven fits is Doc Woods. 26 to 16. Jessica says 28-21. Peter Rizzo coming in at 23-18. Cheryl goes with 31-17. Kenneth Fraser. Kenneth Fraser is calling for a furry burger by the Cowboys. 43-21. Let's go. Tommy says Micah needs an interception to seal the defensive player of the year. That is right. That, That would seal it. That would definitely put the nail in the coffin for that award. So we have a lot of people taking the Cowboys. Ryan says, take the over in this game. I am a little bit hesitant on the over. 29-21 basically would mean the over because he's at 49 and a half still, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure about the over/under on this one, guys. I'm not. I'm really not sure. I lean under, actually. Joel Wilson says 20 to 10 because you know that Greg the Leg is gonna miss an extra point, point. and that is not the only game that we care about if we are looking at the cowboys and where and where they stand in the NFC we are also looking at the vikings versus the packers sunday night football game if the vikings are able to pull it off the cowboys could end up being the number 1 seed in the NFC and just a refresher that would happen because the cowboys need a triple tie or a multi team tie because if they're only tied with the Bucks, Tampa has the head-to-head edge over the Cowboys. But if there's one more team involved in it, then the Cowboys would have the conference record edge, and they would rank at number one in that tiebreaker. So if the Packers lose on Sunday night, the Cowboys might end up with a bye week in the playoffs. might sound ambitious. We might be concerned about the Cardinals first. But let's say the Cowboys win and that you're ready to sit down to watch Sunday night football and enjoy the game, rooting for a Vikings team, you're quite, you're asking yourself, can the Vikings actually do it? I'm not going to lie to you. In my pick I took the Packers. I think that the Green Bay is favorite in this game. They should be favorite. It's going to be a Lambeau kind of weather game as well on Sunday night. I don't know if we'll see snow, but we could see snow on this one. It is going to be a classic late December game in Green Bay. The path to victory for the Vikings definitely is running the football. The Packers rank 31 in the NFL versus the run in terms of DVOA. The Vikings have Dalvin Cook. They have some good players looking like Cook will play. There is one bad thing for the Vikings, though. Adam Thielen is out for this game. And that leaves you... That, that leaves the Packers secondary in a very comfortable position to just take care of Justin Jefferson and maybe double him up, do stuff with him, and, and just eliminate him from the game and put the, the game in the hands of Kirk Cousins, trying to target other players like K.J. Osborne, like his side-ends. This will be a tough one for the Vikings, but if they end up winning, it could be because of their running game versus one of the worst defenses versus the run. Did you guys see that game versus the Browns on Saturday? The Browns ran 8.8 yards per carry. That was their rushing average, 8.8 yards. The Packers still won that game, barely though. They were able. They, they were barely able to do it. And even though Baker Mayfield threw four interceptions, the Packers were struggling to hold on to this win. So I cannot sit here and tell you that it would be impossible for the Vikings to pull off the upset. It will be hard. And hey, of their last seven games between the Vikings and the Packers, you guys know they're divisional rivals. They hate each other. Of their last seven, five of them have been one-score games. And the Vikings are very familiar with those one-score games. They really are. So I'm taking the Packers on the game, but don't be surprised. This is actually a winnable team, a, a winnable game for the Vikings. What is up, Forever Runway Fashion Line? Thank you for your comment. Thank you for your donation as well. You, you are saying, uh, I bet Green Bay radio stations are saying, do the Packers match up well with us or saying they should try to avoid us. That's hey, I think that right now the Cowboys might be not calling them the favorites. But they might be the most scary team in the NFC because they look so balanced. If their offense is clicking and the defense is playing this way, and special teams, the Cowboys have also had strong special teams play, lead the NFL in blocked punts. So I agree with Forever Wrong Way Fashion Line. Thank you for your comment. Thank you for your donation. And thank you for being here on ADC Sports Dallas primetime. Dallas Cowboys says, I want Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs says Dallas Cowboys 92. Oh, it's going to be exciting. I I am very I am looking forward to January football for the Cowboys. I know that the, this is our year conversation might sometimes get out of hand and maybe sometimes people are carried away, but this is actually a pretty good football team on both sides of the ball. We talked about this not that long ago for those of you who are new to the show. During the Tony Romo era And don't worry, I'm not sparking up any kind of debate. Just trying to put this into context. The Cowboys had, on average, a 24th ranking in the NFL in defensive EPA per play. 24th in the NFL. That was the average during the Tony Romo era. Since 2003, the Cowboys have not been ranked higher than 12th. And that happened in 2003 when Quincy Carter was the quarterback for the Cowboys. Right now, they are second- in EPA per play, defensively speaking, the Cowboys. So this is a legit defense. Someone told me on Twitter, yeah, well, they're on an easy division. And the Packers, what about the Packers? Don't these guys play the Lions twice a year, the Vikings twice a year, and the Chicago Bears twice a year? So definitely, you, you, you cannot blame the Cowboys for whoever is put in front of them. And the other thing that I thought about You don't get to be the top scoring offense in the NFL with the most yards, with the second highest point differential, the highest turnover rate in the NFL. Because by the way, opponents drives end in a turnover 18% of the time versus these Cowboys defense. That is stops in the league. You don't get to be all of that. Number one in DVOA, number one in defensive EPA per play. You don't get to be all of that Just because of your division, if you're talking about it on week 17. Like if this was September, October, and the schedule was a little bit easy to begin the season, all right, I get it. Say what you want about the schedule. But if we're in week 17, and we're talking about a team that ranks as high as they do in all of these categories, forget about that division talk. The Cowboys are legit. Didn't the Cowboys... You know, they lost to the Chiefs, but this Cowboys defense looked pretty good versus Patrick Mahomes and company. The Cowboys offense looked terrible. We know that the Cowboys were missing some players. That's still not an excuse for how bad they looked in that particular game. But the defense was looked pretty well versus the Chiefs. And sure, people had the Chiefs in a very bad spot back then, but look at where they're now. They're now the favorite in the AFC. So I think that all that all of that conversation about the Cowboys being in the NFC East. I mean, not to mention, not to mention that if the playoffs ended today, two teams in the NFC East would be playing in January football. I hate that, you know, I, I, I like calling the playoffs January football, but now we're going to have a regular season game the 9th, the, uh, January 9th. So maybe we need to change that term a little bit. Not a fan of that. Kyler May says, my boyfriend is a Raiders fan and always say, and always says, we are the easiest division. Pisses me off, says Kyle Lee. And hey, I the NFC East has struggled for a long time, and I understand all of that. And I'm not, I'm not, I am not about to say that the Cowboys are in a tough division because I, I believe that it's not a tough division at all. However, that is not the reason why the Cowboys are where they are at. <laughs> Uh, exactly Mo, exactly, thank you for agreeing with this, Barry says not overlooking Arizona but I hope Dak's prediction comes true and we see Tampa again and we whip them that would be amazing, that's what Dak Prescott told Tom Brady after that week one matchup, how fun was that by the way, that was such a fun game, I'm going to rewatch it one of these days in preparation for the Cardinals one, anyways guys that would be it for me tonight thank you for joining me, I hope you have a great 31st uh be as careful as you can in new year's you know Dak Prescott talked to the Cowboys he uh according to reporters about avoiding Friday night Paris parties because of you know the new year so hopefully the Cowboys players listen to him hopefully we avoid any kind of COVID distractions in the next following weeks have a great happy new year it was such an amazing one for me Really, really amazing one in large part because of the whole ADC Sports experience. I've been here for a little bit over a year, but 2021 was a year in which ADC Sports Dallas really took a step forward and it's been such an amazing ride in huge part. Thanks to all of you who support us on the show, who support us on adcsports.com slash Dallas. So guys, I appreciate you more than you can know. Thank you. for being here. Thank you for hitting that like button for me every time that I ask you to. I really appreciate that too. I will see you Sunday night. Hopefully we will be discussing a Cowboys win and hopefully we'll be picking from the corner of our eyes to the Sunday night football game. Hopefully as the Vikings lead the Packers. We'll see if all of those predictions come true. So have a happy new year. Thank you guys in the chat. Thank you to all of you. I appreciate you guys and I will see you Sunday night, 8 p.m. Central, We'll see how it goes. I've got the Cowboys and I've got the Cowboys minus six. Let's go. Thank you, guys.